0: We know that the word church, the English word church, comes from the Latin and the Greek root ecclesia. And we know that that comes, again, from the Hebrew word kahal, which means a great gathering, a great collection of people. And in the Old Covenant, it referred to the great collection of God's people. That wonderful passage from the prophet Nehemiah, it speaks about all of those who gathered around to hear God's word proclaim, men, women, and children old enough to understand. And there was a great crowd, too many to count. Why? because the numbers were not the point. Rarely do we get a number, and when we do, the number is usually not to speak of the actual number, but to say it was so amazing that it was numberless. It was a superlative word used to, expri- to describe the vastness of the multitude. It was about the diversity of all of those who were gathered together. And so in chapter 4 of Matthew's Gospel that precedes today's reading, he tells us that this great crowd came to gather around Jesus. And he says that they came from different regions. They were Jews and Gentiles, and some were well And some came to be healed. And some doubted his identity and objected to his teaching. And others were convinced that he was the Messiah. But all of them, all of them were seeking to somehow be in his presence. Their common bond was an unspoken desire to hear about this new and and somewhat mysterious reign of God surely hoping that what he would say would give some meaning to their life. In the reading from the book of Revelation, our first reading today, the author who we believe was John, he writes about his vision of the end times. Of the completion of this reign of God, sometimes referred to as the kingdom. And in that, John says, there would be a great multitude, too many to count. After he had already given us the number, 144,000, then he says, well, there were too many to count. And so, in a sense, saying, well, it seemed like there were that many, but there were too many to count. And they were from every race and nation, people, and tongue. They came to stand in awe before the throne of the Lamb. And in between those two great stories, we know of the story of Pentecost, another story of a great multitude of people from many languages and many nations gathered together Receiving the Holy Spirit. And we celebrate that feast as the beginnings of the church. So it seems that the history of the people of God has a lot to do with the gathering of people. What we might call a great convocation, coming from the two Latin words, con meaning to be with, and vocation meaning to be called vocare, so to be called together in order to be with this people of God. So diverse, only God could have created such a mess, such a gathering, such a multitude. They were a lot like us, these gatherings of whatever number, each of us in different in so many ways. And yet we too have been united by our common thirst to have this glimpse of God, this sense of the presence of the risen Christ, waiting to hear, wanting to be healed, seeking to be nourished, aching for holiness. And above all, we desire to be in communion with the blessedness of God, to belong to God's household, the communion of saints. So the saints that we celebrate today were not only women and men of character, but they were truly characters in many ways. Some had a gentle holiness, some had a Fierce energy for justice and compassion. Some raised families. Some were preachers in the marketplace and in the deserts. Some struggled with their own personal demons. Others had, at some point in their life, a crisis of faith. Some came from wealth, and some came from poverty. Last year on this feast of all saints, Sister Glenna gave a reflection and she referred to the saints as map makers. I love that image, map makers. The people who help us find our way in life. Perhaps they were people like our parents or our teachers or coaches or priests, or nuns we knew, or neighbors, or fellow parishioners, with all of their faults, but with their thirst to live good and grace-filled lives. They are the people, we believe, who live out the Beatitudes that Jesus taught the multitude in today's Gospel. These statements of blessings that help to shape us to be saints. They encourage us to live without being afraid of life, even with its hardships. They encourage us to be poor in spirit and to embrace humility when we don't seem to be able to have a control over life. They encourage us to not shrink from being sorrowful, but to move forward and radiate hope. They encourage us to be merciful and ready to forgive and to be honest with our own mistakes and to seek always forgiveness from others. They encourage us to be hungry and thirsty for justice and always ready to make peace. Pope Francis says that the saints encourage us to leave the shore behind to leave the shore behind, to have a character that allows us to embrace life on behalf of others and on behalf of the risen Christ. The attitudes then are more than beautiful, poetic statements in Matthew's Gospel. They are the marks of blessedness, of an inner awareness that all of us are called to a holiness that is possible in the ordinariness of life. So today, my friends, this is our feast, as John reminds us in his letter today, for we are the children of God, a household of both those who seek and those who are indeed blessed. This is the feast of those we might name in the communion of saints, but it's also our feast, and we are in good company.